In today's deep dive, tour reflection. This is 30 Minute Music Marketing. Cue title sequence. 30 Minute Music Marketing. For musicians who want to get better at marketing their music. Hi, I'm Greg. Hello, I'm Sheldon, and this is 30 Minute Music Marketing, the show for DIY artists and independent musicians who want to get better at marketing their music. Thanks very much for watching this episode, if you're watching it on the YouTubes, or indeed if you're listening to this as a podcast. From uh, Thank you for listening from wherever you get your podcasts from. Could be Anchor, could be iTunes. Spotify. Spot in fact... Funny you should say Spotify. Spotify is our biggest uh, audience listening. I've looked at the stats. Oh, I would, it would be go. curious to share that information. So hello to everyone who's listening on Spotify. Hello to you. I'm, I'm whispering in your ears right now. How is that for you? So this is this is our deep dive, which isn't really directly related to marketing. It's it's where you and me talk about some aspect of of the music industry that's pertinent to uh, to DIY and sort of practicing and performing musicians. And uh, I'm in a band, and my band has just finished our spring tour. It's only seven dates now. I know some of you are out there thinking, "Oh, seven dates! I do that in in two weeks." But you know, the, the, we all the members of the band work. And we've got to fit in our uh, day jobs. We're not a gig at the weekend. So we've, we've finished our spring tour. We'll be doing our summer and our winter tours later in the year. And as we've said in a previous episode of 30 Minute Music Marketing, in order to learn, in order to progress, you have to occasionally reflect back over what you've just done in order to try and make sense of what's happened and maybe adopt, adapt and improve. So I thought I'd do a little bit of that reflection within this particular deep dive episode. So so obviously you're not on tour with me no, at the moment. At so the you moment. know you feel free to ask questions on behalf of the audience. The audience. Now in terms of the seven dates of the tour that we've done, the capacities of the venues that we've done are two hundred cap to 500 cap, just to give you a, a flavour of some of the venues that we're doing. I think out of the three tours that we do in a year, the spring tour is probably the, the, the smallest uh, in terms of all the venues. If you're going on the basis of, that we're visiting. of, of the size of the venue, yeah. then yeah, I would say that I was, the other gigs that I've assisted them with uh, have certainly been bigger than say a 500 cap. So you know, we, 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 we warm ourselves, we bring ourselves uh, up into, uh, into larger capacity venues throughout the year. I think the largest cap venue in our summer tour is 1100. I'm not saying we, we sell 1100, but that's the, uh, that's the full cap of the theatre. Which one's that? Uh, Blackpool Grand. Oh yeah, it's a nice place, it's a nice venue. It is a lovely venue, lovely venue. So um, the first point of reflection, so out of seven venues, we've been able to sell out three of those, which is good, and two of those venues, whilst we've played them before, we've never been able to sell them out. So which before. venues were those? Uh, we sold out uh, a local venue, which is the Citadel in St Helens, uh, we sold out live rooms in Chester, which is the 500 cap one. Okay. And we sold out one of the rooms of the O2 Academy in Birmingham. Right, okay. So for us, as a as a band that's been going for 12 years, and as a band that's been in some of these venues for, for several years now, um, it's, you know, the, the mantra is always for me slow and steady. 
wins the race, you're not necessarily out to, uh, to be like a firework and be incredibly popular by doing promotional activities and marketing that's only going to appeal to a, a small, maybe a large number of people for a small amount of time. Ours has always been slow and steady wins the race mm-hmm. and over, you know, over a period of time, cumulatively increase your audience year on year. And sometimes for us, because we don't maybe gig as often as some bands do, we're not even able to visit the same venues year on year. So sometimes we're only able to visit in terms of frequency of venues uh, once every two years. In fact, one of the the smallest uh, venue that we played on this tour, the last time we played there was 2009. So that's like 10 years ago. Nearly 10 years ago. So trying to build up a following when you only play somewhere <laughs> once every nine years is, qu- is quite difficult. But was, Wasn't that the gig that was the furthest away, though? It was, it was, it was the furthest away, and we, we sort of only went back there to have a, to, to reacquaint ourselves with the... Uh, with, with the owners. Just out of curiosity, was the attendance of this gig the same, less or more, than the last time you played? More, more. Oh, right, OK. Yeah. So, so, so even with an absence... Even of... with an absence of nine years, we were able to, to increase our attendance. So I, th- I think for us, and you know, the one takeaway point that I'd, I'd try and stress to everyone out there, is that d- don't worry too much about trying to get as many people in you know, as possible, just just for one event. The idea is that have a fantastic show. Make sure your marketing is is great, and if your marketing's great and your product is great, that cumulatively you can still build and continue to build year on year. Don't worry too much about you know being a, a flash in the pan. The thing that I always say is that if you're an overnight success, that's often accompanied by you know instant obscurity. You know, shortly. Mm. Shortly uh, after. Like any of those popular TV... Uh, Talent shows. Yes, that's the words I was looking uh, for. Yes, very much so. Um, so you put here in the in the few brief notes of today is that you you say that people don't like change. People what do you mean? Right, well, it's funny this because, strangely enough, me writing th- these notes, I read something online from, uh, which was a, a fact from Eventbrite, and um, I forget the full context of the article, but what they were saying, uh, 82% of people that they surveyed didn't necessarily mind where the, um, where, you know, where a concert or event was held, you know, as long as they can attend to it, that would be fine. The one thing that I find from my own personal experience is that if people are attending one particular venue and are regularly attending that venue, if you change the event and move it to another venue elsewhere in the town, they don't necessarily like that. People like returning back to something that's familiar and that they know. As soon as you try and change that and take it somewhere else, you're then giving them, even though you're the same, you're being presented in a a venue, in an atmosphere that that is unknown to them. And it should just be a case of, of... uprooting the show and taking it somewhere else. But what I found from my own experience, not only in this tour, because this has happened because we've changed venue in, in two of the towns that we've played, but on, on previous occasions, is that pe- people don't like uncertainty. People people know what they like, and if they like somewhere, trying to get them to, to move somewhere else can be, can be a difficult thing. Even if you're trying to, uh, say, upgrade the venue that yes. you're trying to... Well, the gig experience. Yeah, so one of, the, one of the venues that we're playing, we moved it from a smaller venue that was basically too small 
for the for the band we were selling it out far too quickly and we moved it to to a much larger venue and we, and we thought that in turn would result in a in a much larger increase in the number of people attending yeah. and first time round there was an increase but it wasn't the increase you know it wasn't as large an increase as we actually thought it would be now what i'm hoping is that now that we've played there now that the, the people who attended are fine with the experience and we had lots of feedback from, from people saying, oh, much preferred it here, much more space, much more comfortable. Plus as well, if I've got footage of the gig where I'm showing the people at home, you know, look at all these hundreds of people in the audience, this place is fine. I, I'm pretty much predicting that when we return back there next year, we will have, again, a, a significant increase in the number of people attending right. because it's no longer an unknown quantity. It's something yeah. that they can they can settle into. Also as well, we uh, in, in terms of the quality of the venue, one of the, the venues that we played, I did notice when I was doing my marketing, um, trying to raise awareness about the event, some people chatting and saying, oh, I, d I don't like it there. They were, they, were, they, were, uh, they were talking about sticky floors. You know, everyone's been to, everyone's been to a venue where you where, sink into the carpet. Where yeah, the, the, when the the venues, are, you know, the carpets or the floors are a little bit sticky and maybe not as clean and hygienic as possible. And a couple of people said, uh, I like them, but I won't go and see them there. So I think it's yeah. fair to say that you know the quality of the venue does matter. And again, if you're a gigging musician. That always isn't, you know, something that you can potentially do anything about. But it's something to bear in mind in terms of customer experience. You know, the the, the quality of the uh, you know the, the time that people have at a gig or a show that can sometimes be impacted upon the the quality of the venue. Mm -hmm. A slight transition there. Dog needed to go out. These things happen, you know, in the in the theatre of conflict. These are occasional difficulties. Uh, surface. So, going to the last point that you put for today, you're talking about venues and marketing. Venues and marketing and the quality of marketing done by some venues. Now, this might not be known by a lot of people in, in, if you're a, a DIY musician or you're an independent artist, but the majority of money that venues make from live music derives from the sale alcohol in terms of the the room hire you know they'll, they'll cover the costs on the room hire but really they, they won't make too much money from that they're making money from beer sales behind the bar so you know if you basically the entertainment that is on at a venue each and every night is really it's just a sideshow you know to get people in and get spending behind the bar so you'd think the the venue would do its utmost in terms of marketing to get people into the venue in order to spend money behind the bar. And when you think about it, um, event promotion, it's a it's a three pronged fork. You've got the promoter who's promoting the show. You've got the venue who's putting on the show. You've got the artists that are playing there. So there's, there's potentially three uh, parties who all have their own roles and responsibilities in trying to get people to that show. And obviously the artist will do their utmost, as will potentially the promoter as well. But I am surprised, and I continue to be surprised by the number of venues, and you know, I'm not going to name names, who, who really don't do the, anything, if at all, to actually help promote the show. You know, there's some venues who will maybe uh, tweet and do a Facebook post and create a Facebook event uh, when your show goes on sale. They'll do something again the week of the show. And... 
and that's it. And you, you think, really, that, that's, just n that's just not <laughs> enough. If, if you're depending for your income on getting the UK terminology is bums on seats, and you don't do anything in order, to, you don't do anything as, as part of your part of the contract in order to do that, then what on earth are you doing? Now, thankfully, some of the venues that we play, and we play, my band plays a lot of theatres, and, and theatres are great, you know, they've got brochures, they've got allocated budgets. In, yeah, in, in I have seen a lot of the, the, the catalogues, so to speak, in the other venues. Programmes, and they're really hot. Um, a lot of the, the places that we play will, you know, they've got dedicated marketing departments, maybe this, this is the thing, and mm. the people in marketing will say, right, you're playing here in a couple of months, can you record a little video, it doesn't have to be anything major, do it on your phone, and they will put it on their YouTube channel. They'll post it several times on, on their socials. And they're hot and they're on it. And we tend to follow the, um, the Twitter and the Facebook pages of the majority of venues that we play. And you know, we can see on a day-to-day on a -day basis how actively some venues promote the shows. And we can also see how poor some of the venues are that, that we play that don't. And I just, I, for the life of me, I think, if you actually did more in terms of your side of the bargain, you'd get more people in. You'd make more money. I just, I don't... Out you... of the seven dates that you played, so that's seven venues, how many of I'm them... not going to grass anyone up. <laughs> Go on. Not mentioning names, not mentioning but names. how many venues did you see doing zero marketing? Quite, quite a... What, over half? No, no, no not necessarily say over, over half, but, but, but a good few, and... It's like, you know, if you had, uh, it, it's strange, you know, let's use the analogy of a shop. You've got a shop and you really need to make customers and the general public aware yeah. of the goods that are for sale in your shop. So you need to get people to come into your shop and buy the goods, you know, work on the analogy of, of tickets. And if, if you don't do that, you're relying on the people who make the goods to advertise those goods on your for you to sell. For, for you to and it's like you that wouldn't you wouldn't do that if you were if you were a shop you'd say come and have a look you know again let's use the supermarket analogy supermarkets run uh you know massive adverts tv print probably loads of digital as well saying look this is what we've got on special offer this week you know we've got you know here's the fresh fruit um offers this week uh massive offers on all cleaning products this week, and you know that that's it. But the majority of venues, they they'll just rely they, on the, the bands. rely on the bands themselves to do the majority of the work. And it's, it's I find it very very strange in, in this day and age when 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 potentially marketing through social channels and you know other digital media, YouTube, etc. It's it it's it's easier than it's, it's ever been before. I am surprised that the, a lot of the venues looking at their websites, they don't have much in the way of uh, multimedia content. I mean, would you be, um, if they, so say for example, use some mobile footage of your band to use that as an advert for a gig for you playing there next year? Would you say, oh no, you can't do that because you've taken video footage? Or would you say, okay, they've done something to capture some... Or would you rather just them request it from you? And then well, the thing is, I'm you know I work for a, a a gig promoter, and what I'm constantly doing is I'm constantly asking the bands and trying to independently right. source 
footage and images of these people so I, I can push them out on social media and use them in digital ad campaigns. And again, the, the more times you remind, you know, they say in terms of uh, marketing that somebody needs to see or be touched by something at least seven times. Seven, seven times used to be the old standard. They now say it's up to 12 times. Right. So if you just post something once when the gig's on sale and once when it's like the day before the gig, hmm. no one's going no to know their end. You know, so so, so the, the onus is left completely and utterly up to the band, which you know, I, will, I, will, I, will, I will take those weights and I will carry them. But it would be easier if that load was shared by, by, by many parties. And, you know, I'm, I've even... Um, sent out videos to some uh, some venues, you know, both recently and in the past, saying, "Oh, this is some great footage. If you put this on your social channels, you know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, it will it will increase awareness hmm. of our forthcoming event." Did they post it no. most of the time? Yeah, great. Cheers, thanks for that. I do find it odd. Considering it's hard. It's, it's, it's very odd. It, it's a it's a terrible way to run, run a business. <laughs> when I see so many posts about you know support your local band at your local venue, but the local venue don't D don't actually <laughs> you go out of their way to help themselves or anyone else. Yeah. So so you know that was just some modest reflections from a uh, from a, sh a sh seven day a short, tour. Short tour. So our well, next tour starts in a. About three weeks' time. Well, probably a little later if you're if you're watching this, maybe two. So, in terms of, will you do a tour diary? Oh, what, what would you want from it? Would you do you want a tour diary? I think you should do a tour diary. Show know, what, people. What, 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 what would I talk about? See, the thing is, a tour diary is very much, you know. But you've got your new van now, so it's going to be a lot more people in one with a bit more space. I don't know. I think it. Well, would well be... in fact, you're you're going to be accompanying me on my. Uh, summer do you want tour, me so... to help you with a tour <laughs> diary? I so. think it would be good to show people what it's like. You talking you've, about... You've, you've given yourself a job there. Yeah, I have. Ha, 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 ha. So, uh, anyway, so I think... Is that everything for today's That's round dive? about it. If there's, if there's something, any questions that, you know, maybe in, in terms of you as, as a gigging musician and would like a little bit of help regarding maybe the marketing of some of your shows, maybe put a question... Uh, down below and uh, we'll see if we can answer that in a, in a future episode. Please write what your feedback, well, your uh, experience of, of gigs. You know, you, have you encountered the similar problems? Yes, in, in terms of the venues that you play, how do you find the, the venues and the promoters? How do you find their marketing? Have you done better? Do you do all the marketing yourselves? Uh, do you have experiences with good promoters and good venues? Let us know. Do they know what a spec sheet is? <laughs> Right, everyone. Uh, thanks very much for watching and or listening. Don't forget to subscribe if you're watching on the YouTube. Hit the bell. Smash that like button. Whatever, whatever that means. Anyway, know. thanks, everyone, for uh, listening and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.